Hi, welcome back to Secure Payments, PCI Power's podcast channel. I'm Jane Goodell, your host for today's episode, Compliance for the Public Sector. My guest is Phil Painting, and I'm looking forward to having a chat with him about the difficulties public sector organisations face when it comes to payment compliance, and of course, what can be done to resolve these issues. Phil is an account manager at global IT-based services organisation and our partner Civica. He's worked in digital transformation and data integrity for 25 years, focusing for the last three years on helping local authorities provide their citizens with secure and compliant payment channels. Hi, Phil. Hi, Jane. Thank you ever so much for that little intro. No problem. So let's get started. Sadly, uh, I hate to report it, but it's going to come as no surprise, but data breaches and cyber attacks are becoming commonplace and are something that every organisation needs to prepare against. Recent research from Forrester released uh, a couple of weeks ago now has shown that since the COVID-19 pandemic, 57% of firms have seen an increase in fraud attacks. With these startling figures, it's crucial to make sure that systems and processes are in place to protect customer information and to ensure your organisation complies with the very latest data protection, security, compliance, guidelines and regulations. For the public sector and government departments, local authorities and the like, they are all, of course, no different, although the reputational damage and financial consequences could be difficult to bear. Ensuring adequate measures are therefore in place to safeguard data is a must, particularly when you take into consideration the significant amount of personal data a local authority, for example, would hold on the individual. If you're taking credit card payments, the Payment Card Industries Data Security Standard, the PCI DSS, is a good place to start your security journey. But for many, meeting FCA rules and being PCI compliant is a challenge. Phil, what do you think on this? Do you think it's a common struggle for local authorities? Are there any further challenges that you encounter? I think local government has always been challenged to address these issues. Um, And uh, in more recent times, like you've alluded to there, in terms of, unfortunately, the COVID crisis, uh, internet activity has gone through the roof. Telephone payment side from our side has gone through the roof. Um, And that face-to-face interaction has has gone off a cliff, putting it quite bluntly. However, the antics of the people that are out there around the fraud scenario are making it even more challenging for for my clients because Mm -hmm. they're trying to be one step ahead. And the opportunities of those people are making it difficult for councils to even uh, adapt at that level. There's always a big challenge to be compliant in many, many areas, uh, PCI being the main one. And I think a lot of it's down to to the funds, the availability of budgets. They sort of they want to do something, but they've not been breached b- before. And I think it's um, it, it's a very fine line that, that the local government are, are running, but one mm-hmm. that they find that they they're channeling in different areas. So a little bit of apathy, maybe. Yeah, I mean the security of data we we see it all the time. It's a bit a little bit different in our world, but you see notes being left in briefcases and laptops on trains, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's that's straight human to human. Someone has actually taken that item off someone's seat, for instance, with all those data. Mm-hmm. In. And this is this is a digital version of that. Protection is key. Nobody wants to be the front page news for the wrong reasons, but I can certainly say in the last two years. The interest level of protection has uh, has increased, and now with COVID, 
the concern has been working from home. It's as yes, if, it's as if, yeah. you know, it, it's literally as if the, it's like a light bulb moment. There is a struggle within local government to control the environment that they currently have due to the resources they have available, but they have no way of controlling someone's home environment. People are working mm-hmm. from yeah, from dining room tables, from kitchens. Some people are lucky enough to have their own home office. But how can how can anyone control that environment when they're not there? That seems to be the the driver more than ever to the acceptance that there is a problem, whether it's been pushed under the carpet or not for whatever reason. It's now prevalent to be discussed in protecting not just the individual that's taking that payment, but the council because of the risks and the and the fines, uh, and more than anything, it's that it's that credibility within their marketplace. So, would you say that um, because of the pandemic, then the rate of change has accelerated, and there has been an increased demand um, into it's kind of pushed secure securing data payments whatever, but data security as a whole yeah. is pushed that up the agenda oh, within massive. the local authority? Absolutely, Jane. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, a, it's always been there. It's, as, as we all know, it's always been there. Whether you're, you're moving to the cloud environments in terms of you know like an on-premise solution to, to a, a fully hosted environment or whether you're looking to protect certain data points and GDPR area, it's, it's all come together as one now. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the spectrum, the broad spectrum of councils that have, have been able to adapt overnight is quite staggering, where you've got, at the top end, you've got people that are, uh, sorry, councils that are, have been able to have budget or adapt for change and lots of disaster recovery is in place and to enable the change to flick a switch and work from home overnight to yeah. the complete opposite other end where, again, for whatever reasons, they've not been able to be in that position, but they have got there, but it's taken longer. So... I certainly wouldn't like to be in a position where my local council is on the front page news telling me they've been hacked and my uh, direct debit details and my card details have been stolen. Um, Absolutely not. No, and that's that's more, uh, I mean, like it's Christmas. <laughs> it's, these people are paying online naturally. Fraud is going through the roof. That's why PCI uh, compliance level four is being enhanced, as you know naturally and that's coming out later next year so everybody's taking it serious and, and absolutely need to more now than ever do you think as well that um obviously there w- there's been this increase in demand that you've alluded to and it's accelerated mm. that pace of change but do you think that as we move forward throughout the pandemic and we're seeing the localized lockdowns and, and things mm. like that do you think it's it makes sense for local councils to future proof because you know hopefully with the news of the vaccine and things like that that uh we could be seeing a light at the end of the tunnel but yes well, who knows what else is on the horizon so do you think that's something they need to think about um yeah absolutely Jane. again it's we um had this conversation with a couple of clients and one of the phrases um that i've actually said i will use from them um is, to, is prepared to defend and plan for growth um, I think that's very prevalent across PCI and data protection as a whole. Got to n- more now than ever, just the way the world is going, the, the, the development in technology, the automation of a solution, the demand of, of every single citizen. They want things now. They want things today, this very minute. 
but they want to be protected. So there has to be a lot of preparation to defend the outside world from attacks as best possible. Just on that, just to clarify that point then, so prepare to defend. I think that's that's quite easily understandable. Plan for mm. growth. Is that planning for the growth of um, the increase in attacks or is that planning for the growth of payments within your organisation? Can you just elaborate on that for me? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's, it's, again, it's a subject statement for quite a broad spectrum. Naturally, right. growth of revenue collection because that's how local government work within, within the payment arena. They have to get revenue collecting. I mean, you look at the current situation, okay? So parking, for instance, going through the COVID situation, car parks were not open, couldn't get revenue. Leisure centres closed. All those kind of libraries closed. Um, um, business rates, you know, were not, were not there anymore. The collection of your regular council tax, uh, refuse collections, people were unable to pay. So... Naturally, there's a duty of care that local government to have of not being seen to be chasing debt, but also there's a, a duty of care to keep the to keep the councils um, without going bankrupt, mm. <laughs> you know, and without going uh, without stepping into their reserves. So it's it's in the interests of everybody for the councils to prepare their defences where possible to allow them to keep collecting revenue when they're allowed to do so. And by doing that, they're protecting their growth. They're, they're protecting the growth of any uh, attack from any angle. And if they can grow, then they can start growing the alternative revenue collecting channels. And that's what we're here to, to help them do, is to grow in a sustainable way. And that's where the likes of... Um, the PCI power working together as we do under the mid-call solution allows them to do that. They can interact with the clients. They can transact with the clients at any one time. They can make a, a, a payment in a secure way and know that they're safe. The confidence that provides the general public and the revenue it gets, it's a win-win. There's a lot of cultural changes. There's a lot of exposure to fraud and it's just it's allowing the citizens to feel safe in that environment. That actually brings me neatly on to uh, my next question. We did some research into the general public's view on mm. data security and whether that influences their purchasing decisions. Our results were quite quite varied, um, but in the UK, it did demonstrate that the public sector was viewed as one of the least secure verticals or, or industries when it comes to data security. And yeah. what would your view be on that? Trust, like you say, is a really important factor in the buying process, but there isn't necessarily that much choice when it comes to your local authority. It's where you live. Mm. So what do you think local authorities can do to rebuild that trust and and, and change those research results? <sighs> again, <laughs> again, you, you're hitting me with some good questions here. I think broadly speaking, budgets have always been tight. And I know we go back to that same old, but it is, there, is, uh, there are levels of budgets where are allocated into certain areas and it's how they use those th those available funds and maybe people are i'm being very generic here are oh it's, no, it's not going to happen to me yeah it's not going to happen it's not going to happen to us but like we're finding more than ever um people are being hacked people are being open to fraud and we know that it's going on 
Um, and it's just, it's a tough question to answer. It really, really is. Everybody wants automation in, in best way possible. They, the, the natural thought is they are protected. I just feel that it's one of those, until it happens to them, there's not a problem. And that's quite crude. It's that complacency, isn't it? That it's, it is. Um, you know, we don't, we don't need to worry about it. No, well, well, exactly. It's that perceived, oh, it will never happen to us. Um, and clients may want to do it, but their hands are tied elsewhere because of resources and and certain budgets. And, and it's a fine balancing act. And I certainly wouldn't like to be in their positions of where, where they move their funds around. It's a difficult process for them. But that goes back to where people that have, have been hacked and have been open to fraud and that's where the phrase comes from if they could if they knew now uh, and and what they could change six to eight months ago or two years ago it will be prepare to defend and that's where that statement comes from because the cost financially the stress health and well-being has gone out of the window uh, the mm. reputational damage the rebuilding when i, I was um told about this on the the actual impact to the individual as well as the organization it's quite horrendous but until it happens to somebody they'll never know and that's the problem until we tell them phil obviously obviously of course and naturally (laughs) of course um so (laughs) just um that brings us on to kind of real life then really, doesn't it? So we've got a, we've got a joint customer, uh, Waltham Forest Borough Council. When, like you mentioned earlier, we've got uh, the Civica MidPay solution that is powered by PCI Power. Uh, we implemented that with Waltham Forest Borough Council. Mm. Can you share their journey with us? They've been a very, uh, they've, been a, well, they've been a great ambassador for, for Civica over many, many years and are uh, one of the top champions, champion sites um, for Civica Pay as a whole. Um, and one of their one of their strategies or strap lines is they're always adaptable to change. They are always looking to give a better experience to their citizens, their employees, uh, and they they don't shy away from technology. And I think that's one of the one of the biggest drivers within that organisation. Um, and when they were discussing again to us uh, around about their engagement there was, there was a few elements the two main elements of why they were looking at at the mid-course solution uh, through pci power was one um citizen engagement it was that interaction uh because again they wanted to um reduce the ongoing issues around debt collection and making sure they paid so that the um uh, the operative was on that call all the way through the process and to be there whether they just wanted to make a payment and have a conversation and it's that social interaction. Um, yeah, so that's maintaining the rather than being sent off to a, um, a payment line it's that maintaining yes. that conversation throughout and the support. Oh, well, exactly. And if ever there's a problem, there's somebody talking to me like I'm talking to you now that can help you through that process and that's where they wanted to reach out into into those areas um, of their community and say, you know, we are here. So there's a social uh, part of it. And then naturally behind that, they had naturally had PCI DSS requirements. That, that, you know, there was an absolute compliance and governance risk and the need yeah. to protect themselves as an organization. And they take it very, very seriously. So naturally we were converting, um, uh, the team went in with a view to uh, 
providing a on-premise solution, an integrated port, uh, platform, which we were getting to a close, which we came to a close with in terms of going live. And then COVID comes along and takes that literally overnight, stops that. And um, the beauty of software, the beauty of of Waltham Forest, they now needed to be able to take payments and continue to take payments whilst working from home. So we managed to uh, redeploy that solution to Waltham Forest's uh, employees that were responsible for collecting revenue from home. So they had a full uh, scalability solution. So heaven forbid we're in a situation this time next year, they will still be able to collect payments from home or the office. So it's again, automation in a compliant manner. They've removed their risks. They are now at an SAQ level A for that element of the um, of the process. They've reduced their ongoing um, risk. Uh, the data is held and secured by uh, ourselves and um, PCI Pal. There is no risk to that organisation if they ever they were they were hacked and trying to get hold of the um, the credit card details because that's it's in a secure environment. So they're very happy. Their journey uh, has been twisted because of COVID. But again, they come out the other end. They've got the benefits and the outcomes that they want. They've got the interaction with the community. They've got, they're getting their payment and they're being compliant. So it's a win-win. I mean, one thing I did mention in my introduction was sometimes there's additional concerns because of the need to record telephone conversations to mm -hmm. do with the FCA. Mm. Was that something that Waltham Forest was concerned about? And how, how did they get over that? Call recording from their perspective was a very, very short term fix in a way that still didn't give them the full compliancy that they required. Oh, the, so the, the pausing of the, the call recording um, yes. and then the resuming of it. So they were using that as, a, as an interim solution. Um, yes. We know uh, that's yes. never 100%. No. No, and certainly going forward, it won't be uh, in terms of the increased uh, granular requirements of um, of level four, um, which I think we're currently on three point two two. I think I got from memory. So the new version's out um, next year. So yeah, pause and record. They're all mitigating circumstances that help to a point, but never get you to that full uh, SAQ accreditation level A, which anybody that does the self assessment will know. Um, and I think the key things here are to bear in mind that if you are doing a self-assessment for, for the organization, it has to be correct. There are so many different areas and issues that could come from it, especially if you have a breach. If there's ever there's a breach and someone has asked you to, the last time I made a payment was to the council for my refuge collection, which seems to be a, a theme at the moment through, uh, let's say, ATP. Um, that organisation needs to prove that, it, for instance, it wasn't you or it wasn't me that that, that took those notes and we, we copied the data down. So how can you prove that? It's a, it's a very difficult task, yeah, absolutely. So it's best not to have the data there in the first place. There we go, exactly. So if, if, you, can, if you can remove all data from whether it be the DTMF tones, whether it's the I say the voice, the impressions on the keyboard, you know, you take you remove all that out of a telephony and IT system, then there is absolutely no card data entering a council's platform. They are 
they are risk free. That's that's the big thing. We know some of the fines. We know the ongoing costs. We know the financial, and we know the um, the words gone there. Sorry, the uh, we know the reputational damage that's it thank you we know the (laughs) reputational damage we know the reputational damage it can do as well so look there is a big picture and it's the education around it um and what what is their perceived risk what does what do the individual councils perceive their risk to be that is the key question is that something they need to be asking themselves prior to um, engaging with um, Civica and with PCI PAL, or is it more about looking a bit more about their um, entire environment and looking at where these where this data potentially touches? Exactly. Uh, you know, if you've got a Section 151 officer, they will be all over it uh, right. and, and naturally will be. And um, every element of the process has to be looked at. And I think that where some things can slip down are uh, there's um, there are so many questions to complete on a, on a self a self assessment questionnaire, especially at um, an SAQ level D. So you know, a good few hundred questionnaires. So something could go wrong. You know, you you know, if you if you employ um, an assessor, what are they? Thirty forty k potentially. Then you've got a a fraud investigation potential. Few quite a few thousand pounds there. It's quite costly. So it's it's imperative that that you, that's the uh, section one five one officer or anybody that is responsible for filling that form out really understands what is the risk to us as a council if mm-hmm. we get this wrong, you know. And it's for us as a as, as a trusted advisor to actually help them um, move that along um, and actually give them the validation that they need around it to make a. Um, a decision that's right for the council. Good stuff. That kind of brings me to the end of my questions for you today, Phil. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I think there's been some really interesting uh, points that you've raised and I really like the prepare to defend and plan for growth. Mm. Uh, I think that's that's quite a good mantra to take away. Is there any Mm. other final thought that you have that you'd like to share? The reality is, there's always the fraudsters. It's they're always at work. They're always trying to get our, our data. We have to be one step ahead, more now than ever. So I know we've used the mantra before, but prepare to defend. It's only going to get worse, and we need to be on top of our game. The overarching question, really, Jane, to any organisation is: What is the cost of doing nothing? Excellent. Thank you so much, Phil. And thank you for listening. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode, Compliance for the Public Sector. Join us in the new year, where I'll be talking all things payment security resolutions. Remember to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more material on data security and PCI compliance, check out our Knowledge Centre at PCIPal.com.